0: Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening today. Now, today I'm going to be talking about Rutgers, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and how the Big Ten stole two more Pac-12 teams, Oregon and Washington. I'm going to discuss the conference realignment overall, and specifically how it affects Rutgers. So let's go ahead and get started. So if you're a sports fan college football fan, unless you've been living under a rock, you probably heard that the Big Ten is expanding yet again. They're going to be adding Pac-12 powers Oregon as well as Washington to the Big Ten. And so what does this mean for Rutgers? Um, So as the Big Ten adds two more, yet two more Pac-12 powers starting in 2024, and you might realize that about a year ago the Big Ten scooped up USC and UCLA from the Pac-12 Will also start in 2024. So now this is four of the biggest Pac-12 powers coming to the Big Ten starting in 2024. And again, that's USC and UCLA previously, and now Oregon and Washington. And this being brings, I should say, the Big Ten lead to a whopping 18 teams. 18. Now this news, along with other recent Pac-12. Defections effectively mean that the Pac-12 is essentially on its deathbed. Pac-12 is cooked. It is done. It is over. It's a very big loss for college athletics. Pac-12 is a historic conference that began in 1915, and now it's essentially in ashes. Now, while this is probably good news for Rutgers, I'm going to get into that in a little bit, who you know happened to hit the lottery in 2012 when they joined the Big Ten, this is really devastating news for the Pac-12 and also really bad news for college sports in general, I have to say. And I'm going to just provide a few thoughts. This is probably going to be a short podcast today. Um, having gigantic leagues with 18 or 20 schools in them is not good in any way for any team. And I mentioned 20 because the Big Ten was an exploratory talks, quote unquote. You consider adding Stanford and Cal as well. Which would then push a number of teams to a ridiculous twenty in the Big Ten if that happened, right? First, let me let me talk about Rutgers. You know, the little school that could. You know, being part of the Big Ten is going to help Rutgers generate enormous TV revenue from the TV deals. The latest one that the Big Ten agreed to was over one point one billion dollars. Now, even among eighteen teams, that's not chicken feed. Let me tell you, that's some good money. Now, also. Washington and Oregon are going to take, it's rumored, only about a 50% cut of what everyone else is going to get just so that they can join the league. So that will help Rutgers even more. It's even a bigger slice of the pie for Rutgers. Now, last year, Rutgers got something around almost $34 million in media rights money. Now, that number is expected to jump to about $80 million a year with the USC and UCLA additions. $80 million a year. Again, for Rutgers, this is quite literally hitting the financial lottery. And this is all thanks, by the way, to Shiano version one, you know, when he was in Piscataway and he was a Rutgers coach the first time at the end of the 90s through 2011, he lifted what was an awful garbage dumpster fire football program who lost games to Akron. And he lifted it basically on his shoulders into a ranked team that went to seven bowl games before he departed in 2011. And that, was the impetus, along with, of course, the Big Ten getting rights to the New York media market. Rutgers is, believe it or not, the Big Ten and the biggest football school in the New York media market. So, um, but if Rutgers was such a terrible team, they wouldn't have taken him anyway. But having that New York media market, having Rutgers ascended to not a powerhouse, but a good football team when, when Shiano left in 2011, going to bowl game year after year, that was the impetus that allowed, you know, Rucker to get an invitation from the Big Ten and being added to, you know, that conference. Now, without Chano version one, right, we would be in some second-tier no-name conference right now with no chance of playing any big games. Now, though, that we are in the Big Ten, in addition to all the money that Ruckers will make, our coaches can also use being in the Big Ten to recruit kids, noting that now, in addition to, you know, playing all the current schools, Ohio State, Michigan, et cetera, where now you can talk to kids about, hey, you can play Washington every year or every other year, Oregon, USC in football, basketball. You can play UCLA and others. It's an excellent recruiting tool for Rutgers. Now, if we look at football for Rutgers, the challenge just got that much harder, right, adding these people. We already had to essentially climb Mount Everest, basically, to win the Big Ten title. It can be for a national championship with the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, not only in our conference, but also in our division of the Big Ten conference, meaning that you know we play Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State every single year. Now you're going to add in USC, Washington, Oregon, UCLA into the mix, and it makes it that much tougher for football. It obviously takes a long time to build a football powerhouse, and Shiana was 100% the right person to do it, but Mount Everest looks even a little bit higher now than it did a couple days ago. Now, on the other hand, for Rutgers basketball, I don't think this has any effect at all, and it might even actually help. Rutgers basketball is becoming an NCAA basketball powerhouse, full stop. Now, it's not a straight line from where we were to where we're going to be, but Shannon, not Shannon, Pykel <laughs> is building a team that is competitive with every single team. And, and, and I think every single team in the Big Ten we're competitive with. There's not a single team in the Big Ten that we're scared of. Unlike football, there isn't any single team in basketball that scares me. <clears throat> and we'll see how 2023 goes because there was a kind of a big shake, shake up this year. Right? We have no Cam Spencer, no Mulcahy. So we'll see. We brought in a lot of people from the portal. Certainly 2024 promises to be absolutely awesome for Rutgers basketball. We already have the number two rated high school senior in the country coming to Rutgers in Ace Bailey. He is the number two rated on two, four, seven sports player in the country. And we are tracking very well to get the number one overall recruit in the country in Dylan Harper. So there is at this point, a, would say minimum 50-50 chance that Rutgers basketball could have both the number one and the number two college basketball freshman in the country coming to Rutgers in 2024. We already have the number two in Ace Bailey, and we have a damn good shot of getting Dylan Harper at number one. The number one and number two college basketball freshman in the country, both on Rutgers in 2024. I have nothing to be scared of when it comes to basketball and they can add anybody they want in the country and I'm telling you we're going to be competitive in basketball. In any case, what you can say is Rutgers has a very good basketball team year after year and I have every conference in Peichel's ability to continue, continually build year over year. Basketball is going to thrive and that's whether the Big Ten has, I don't know, 10 teams, 12 teams, 15 teams, 20 teams, I don't care. You can put 100 teams, Rutgers basketball is going to do okay. Now that's not to say That there aren't some general concerns here with the coast-to-coast conference, right? Conference alignment affects not just football and basketball, but all sports. So you have to think about what it means on a larger scale for Rutgers. Now, I don't because I really just care about football and basketball, maybe occasionally a few others. But, you know, there could be a lacrosse game on a Tuesday night in Los Angeles against UCLA And the kids might have tests on a Wednesday or some volleyball game in Seattle two days before midterms, right? These are not easy travels. Um, It's very hard having a coast-to-coast conference. The travel is long. It prevents a lot of logistical issues and administrative problems. And it doesn't really seem tenable over the long term, but we're going to see. As for the even more important aspect and issue with this realignment, The death of the Pac-12, essentially, it's really a tragedy, in my opinion. College sports have been moving to a cash-based, cash-focused TV product for a long time at this point, since probably the 80s at this point. And the decisions around these conference realignments have nothing at all to do with, with what's best for college athletes. Nothing. These realignments have everything to do with money, and that's it. Full stop. Breaking up long-term rivalries like you are doing, you know, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State. These are not things that you can trivialize, right? People in the West have grown up their whole lives looking forward to these rivalry games, right? You're in Washington. That Washington, Washington State game is a big game. I forget what they call it. The, The Apple or something. Oregon, Oregon State. These are huge, huge games. And you're killing these rivalries by breaking up conferences, 1915 was when the Pac-10 started. So this is 105 longer. This is, this is an established over 100-year-old conference. And now, in addition to that, other people are leaving too. You know, Colorado left for the Big 12 recently. The Pac-12 is dead as we knew it. And it's really, really sad. And this mess, by the way, is not limited to just this Big 10 expansion. You might remember Texas and Oklahoma bolted for the SEC. And again, that had nothing to do with students and athletics, and it had everything to do with money. You know, And it was horrible for college sports. And I don't think overall this move is good for college sports either. Now, there is a changing media landscape, as everybody knows as well. Uh, streaming rights are very important and very lucrative, as well as broadcast rights for networks like ESPN and Fox. And they play gigantic, gigantic Oversized role in the future of college sports, and they shouldn't, right? What, what the head of these conferences and the head of these universities should care about is a the well being of the students, b um, the well being of their athletics programs, and yes, they should care about things like rivalries and tradition. When you think of if you know, anyone that's gone to college, you think about tradition, you think about rivalries. That's half of your memories when it's going to college. If you're a sports fan. The tradition of going to that school and dealing with certain rivalries <clears throat> and then after after you're out of college watching them year after year after year, it's like nothing else. So breaking up those traditions of rivalries should not be trivialized. It's a gigantic thing. And money is playing an oversized role now in the future of college sports. An 18-team Big Ten, a friggin' 20-team, Big Ten? I mean, who the hell wants that? I don't, for sure. Again, I think Rutgers is in really good shape from this, and they'll actually be kind of the beneficiary of all this. I think, you know, it was already hard for them in football, and maybe it got a little harder, but I'm confident, in Shannon, we'll see where that goes. And I told you my thoughts on basketball already. But for the Pac-12 and the remaining Pac-12 teams, and for college athletics in general, this seems to be another step towards I guess a homogenized type of landscape, right? Where there's no <clears throat> territorial battles, I guess I could describe it. You know, oh, in the Northeast, they play football this way. Ah, oh, the South, it's always like this. Ah, oh, there's always, they used to always run from the wishbone in the Midwest, right? There's no territorial battles. There's no signature traits of a conference. And more and more and more, we see there's no identity to these conferences at all. You used to think of the Big Ten back in the day. They were a Midwest conference. Generally, it's cold. They're really good at running the football. They play good defense and, you know, uh, and and stop the run. The Pac-12, you think they're kind of more of a wide open. It's beautiful weather, L.A., passing conference. You know, the SEC had a little of this, a little of that. There's no identity anymore, right? There's no territory battles, territorial battles, and it just seems like a homogenized landscape, and I hate it. I don't like it at all. I mean, what the hell is the Big Ten anyway now? It's a coast-to-coast financial juggernaut, that's for sure. Um, but it's also a largely homogenized conference with starting to be a lack of identity. And I know this might sound like a bit of a boo-hoo for the Big Ten, but it's really more meant to be a boo-hoo for the Pac-12. And other marginalized conferences. I mean, am I excited to see Rutgers play football and USC in that famous stadium, as well as play maybe, you know, Washington, UCLA, and Oregon? Hell yes. I think that's awesome. I, I am really excited to see that. It's all roses for Rutgers. Again, it is. But realistically, this is a tragedy for college sports, and it's too late to go back now. It's done. I mean, we'll keep our eyes out to see what's coming. But by the looks of it, it's going to be basically a money-making mad rush to try to build your conferences as big as you can for every conference. And it just doesn't seem right. And that's really all my thoughts on it. Anyway, I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks, and have a good day.